Welcome to the Crescent Podcast. I'm Leanne. This podcast is an extension of my personal philosophy and commitment to continual growth in all areas of life. I firmly believe that optimal health comes from addressing all areas of us as human beings, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health. Through expert interviews, I hope to both inspire and enable you to create sustained change in your own life. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy. Happy Friday. Welcome back to the Crescent Podcast. I'm your host, Leanne. And today I have such a fun guest on, Dr. Patrick Porter. He is the founder and creator of BrainTap, a brain fitness and meditation company that not only has a revolutionary meditation app with thousands of different guided meditations, sound meditations, meditations on really specific topics, but he has also created and spent so much time researching and developing their BrainTap headset, which is sort of an adjunct device you can use while doing their meditations. This headset has flashing lights in the ears and a little visor that comes down over your eyes with flashing lights. I wanted to have him on the show because I have the BrainTap headset and I'm also a member to the meditation app and I use this at least once a day, twice a day if I'm being really on top of it, morning and night. And I love it so, so, so much. There's so much science behind the headset and the app that really, really distinguish it from other meditation apps on the market. Now, thankfully now there's so many apps available and that's wonderful. However, Dr. Porter, his team and the BrainTap really bring so much science to what they're doing that really put them so far above and beyond. One of the things he even points out that you'll get to hear in the interview is he says, They did a study showing that when someone's doing something as simple as breath work, it can take their body out of a stress response. But as soon as they stop doing the breath work, most people's bodies and nervous systems will just go right back into that stress state. However, a study they did found that with the brain tap meditations, the individuals would stay in that calm state for up to 72 hours. That's almost three days. So that's huge. I'm not going to get into all of it right now because that's what this interview is for. Definitely check the show notes below because they were kind enough to give us a discount code that you guys can use if you're interested either in the meditation app and or the headset as well. I really hope you guys enjoy this. I think he is someone who is helping make meditation smarter, not harder. (laughs) He's kind of biohacking meditation and I love, love, love this. So please enjoy this conversation with Dr. Patrick Porter. Okay, well, Dr. Porter, welcome to the Crescent Podcast. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. I was telling you off air before we started that I use BrainTap, I have the headset, I do the meditations every single day, and I'm very much that when I find something I love and am using regularly and am finding so much value from, I love to be able to share it with my community. But before we dive into the technology and the benefits, 
if you're comfortable, give us a little introduction to yourself. And I'd also love to hear some of the origin story of BrainTap. Sure. Yeah. My dad was a seminar uh, leader. Actually, he learned something called the Silva Method, um, oh, and yeah. that helped him get off alcoholism, or, or get off alcohol, I should say. And then he thought that was good enough for him, so he trained our nine kids. I have eight brothers and sisters, so oh. we all learned it growing up, and then I would help him do his seminars and setting up. So it was kind of in my blood, but in uh, I went to school for electronics, so I really wasn't going to do this for a living, but I kept helping my dad. And then some things happened and you know how life kind of takes you where you need to go um basically i had a little uh when i was 24 i had like a an awakening of sorts that said hey i need to be doing this and so i started doing this and and then by 27 i had a franchise that i had rolled out across the country here and we had 108 locations i sold that in 2002 and but i kept retained the rights to the equipment so they were buying the equipment from me as an outside company after I sold it. And then in 2012, they went, the company went out of business. So basically it gave me the rights to go back and recreate. Mm -hmm. So in 2013, I was living in the Bay Area of San Francisco. And I thought, how can I evolve this technology? Because it hadn't really evolved since the 90s uh, was the last time that anybody had really done anything with it because I was just selling what I had. I didn't need to make any changes. So I added in the ear lights, um, to that using auricular therapy and using Noje frequencies. Uh, and then five years after that, we added in Sophigio frequencies. And uh, so we have light sound and vibration, you know, the words and all of that. It all came to pass. And it started because basically it helped me. In my mm -hmm. first book, Awaken the Genius, I kind of tell the story of how I was a gifted troublemaker. And then, and then, did troublemaker. Yes, I love that. I could, I could get in trouble by myself. I didn't need anybody's help. And then, and then, and then, you know, once I kind of realized that God really wasn't out to get me, that the world was a safe place and I could, I could learn and grow and basically became a three sport captain and not a roll student and, uh, total reversal of what I was when I was younger, I was held back in second grade. So I was told I wasn't that smart. I wasn't, I was in the learning, uh, you know, the learning category where I had only six of us in the class and they had to kind of spoon feed us, but we just weren't applying ourselves. And once I started to do that and, and started meditating every day, even as a kid, uh, it changed the way I looked at life. Hmm. Oh my gosh, that's huge. I, I don't know if you're familiar at all with what I do, which is I do something called Evox therapy, which also involves frequencies and voice mapping. So we measure the tones in the voice to see what emotions are imbalanced. And I bring a, the lens of the subconscious to emotional work. And so I can't help but going, okay, what was going on in his brain as a child? What, what was contributing to those beliefs that God is out to get me? And how, and then, you know, you found meditation and some of these other tools to help start to shift things in the brain. I'm sure we'll get into a lot of that more, but yeah. I have a book that's on, I have a book that's on Amazon that's not uh, being published any longer, but it's called The Power of Your Voice. So I believe that your voice has a lot of power and I've done some oh things gosh. with people before. And I, I am familiar with that technology. And I think it's, you know, frequency medicine and what we're doing with it, I think is the future. So a hundred percent. Okay. So you already alluded to this a little bit. But I'd love to dive into the brain tap technology. I, I'm fascinated by the super specifics, the lights, the sound, the voice, and really why they're there, the intention behind there, the purpose they're serving. Okay. <laughs> but then I also, you know, I want to get into how is it different from now 
you know, on the one hand, it's an, it's amazing how many meditation resources there are out there, but I really do think what BrainTap is doing is so unique and different. And I'd love to just paint that picture as clearly as we can. Okay. So I'll, I'll put it into the perspective of when I went to India, because uh, last year I was on a team that was voted the, the top researchers of the year in India for meditation, which is kind of oh blows goodness. you away because, of course, everybody thinks of India is the meditating capital of the world mm-hmm. or China, not not uh, USA. But when I went over there, Dr. Varun at the Ames Bhopal, he said to me, he says, Patrick, because he said, what does it do? Because I was speaking to the university. And I said, I'll tell you what, you bring me some gurus. I'll measure their brain. And I'll, you bring me some people that don't meditate. And I'll show you how I can match their brain frequencies within one session. And they said, that's not possible. So I did it. We did it over and over again. And we showed him. And he said, well, Patrick, that's cheating. And I said, what do you mean? And he says, well, these guys have taken, you know, 20, 30 years to to master their skill. And I said, well, you know, have you ever uh, looked at a candle to meditate? And Dr. Varun said, oh, yeah, I have all the time. And they called it Jyoti meditation. I said, well, you know, that candle's flickering at 10 hertz frequency. So you're cheating. He says, what do you mean? I said, well, that candle, your mirror neurons in your brain are matching the frequency of that candle and producing alpha brainwave activity, putting you into a deep state of relaxation. And he says, oh, okay. And then I said, have you ever went to the Himalayas to meditate? Oh, yeah, all the time. I said, do you ever wonder why the saints go there? And oh, yeah. I said, well, they're cheating. He goes, what do you mean? I said, well, those mountains are like an isochronic tone generator. The mountains themselves, everything in creation is resonating and vibrating, teeming with energy. Mm-hmm. and vibrating that's why you can do the voice things you do so mm-hmm. as the as this frequency i said they're cheating because when they're sitting in that frequency of the himalayas it's 7.8 hertz frequency that 7.8 hertz frequency happens to be theta and while they're there alpha you create uh, acetylcholine and gaba in uh, theta you produce gaba these two together create our precursors to dmt so that means you can have these spiritual experiences, these spiritual mm-hmm. awakenings. I said, they're cheating. So what we've done is we've looked at what does ancient traditions do? And we've made this modern technology. Now, binaural beats have been around a long time. But what most people don't know is most binaural beats on the market don't work. Mm-hmm. They'll work once. They might work twice. But they're not going to work the third time because they don't change. That's why when somebody says, why do you have 2,000 sessions on BrainTap? Well, it's because of something called neuroplasticity. If I don't introduce something new, different, novel to the brain, it will actually treat it like wallpaper. It won't, it won't, it won't, re- it won't respond to it, right? It won't be like mm-hmm. the cool wallpaper you have behind you, but it will be just blank white wallpaper, you know, that, that's boring. Uh, and I tell people, your brain is really good at doing this. We all know people that live next to like paper mills or dump sites, and it smells terrible. You go over there, and you go, I can't believe you live here. It smells so bad. And they go, I don't smell it at all. Because the brain is all, not as a, not only is it really good at recognizing patterns, it also is really good at basically filtering out things like, um, you know, filters out the smell. Or if you have a train that goes by and you live there for a long time, the brain goes, that's not a danger anymore. There's something mm-hmm. called the default mode network or the reticular activating system. This part of the brain is always looking and listening and experiencing our environment and saying, is it safe here? Mm-hmm. You know, so and this is why some people will live in a house filled with mold. Because they get sick and they just think I have the flu. They don't, they don't leave. Because Then the brain goes, well, look, I guess they like it. They're still here. So the brain shuts off all those signals. And so what we do with BrainTap is we take light, sound, and vibration, and we 
mix it into different algorithms and we test it in our lab with EEG devices, which means that we know it works and we know it works with the masses. Uh, we did a study once in, in Arizona where we took uh, uh, 26 chiropractors and everybody who was going to school during that time, uh, high school, we had them do a brain tap session. We would measure them with something called the mind mirror. The first group that went through, about 50% of them followed the algorithm perfectly. So we're training the brain. That's why we call it brain fitness. The brain mm -hmm. learns how to do it. The second time, 85% now we're doing it. By the wow. third time, 100% of the people following the algorithm, and this is because our body does this anyway. We inherently, mm -hmm. uh, and now we know something called epigenetics. So mm -hmm. when we walk into a room, our body, not only is what we eat, what we think, what we smell, all these things, but our, just the energy of the room we're in is changing who we are, who we show up as. That's why, you know, when you look at like the ancient art of placement with feng shui, why it makes a big difference in the way we psychologically feel. So all of these things play a part in it. What we're doing is we're taking the senses and we're, we're, we're kind of feeding into the senses new information that supersedes the information from the outer world because we have first attention and second attention. So we have this first attention. Once we, once we grab the brain's attention, it says, hey, what's going on here? Mm -hmm. And it's not with the eyes, even though we have retinal flashing, but it's with cranial nerve too. But what happens is our eyes have the most mitochondria of any in, per square centimeter. So we wanna bring light into the brain to do work. And so we're gonna do it through retinal flashing. The reason I brought the ear lights in is because our, our doctors, which we have 4,000 clinics out there, so we, we started noticing they were using lasers and auricular points like to treat the body. And uh -huh. I said, well, well, we can do that too with Dr. Nogier's frequencies. There are seven frequencies that he talks about. And so we encoded the lights so they flash every two minutes to a different frequency. And this tunes up the body. So the body is basically getting an exercise. The nervous system is shifting and changing, and we're upregulating those uh, neurotransmitters, but we're also causing the body, because it does this anyway, to upregulate those uh, genetic features. Because if, if you're, let's say you're in a negative environment, uh, like smells bad, getting hit by EMF, all these things, the body goes into what's called cell danger response and doesn't operate at its highest potential. You can think about it like going to the seventh grade dance and watching all the kids dance. They're in cell danger response. But you go to high school and you get those crazy kids out there doing all their things because they're more relaxed. They've learned how to dance. They're more comfortable. We want our cells to be dancing, not, uh, not holding their breath and wondering what's next. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and unfortunately, the primal part of our brain is really just focused on surviving, not necessarily thriving. It's kind of like, well, we're living. I woke up today, so we we won to some extent. Right, and Just that's why to, we have oh, that, that's why we have the words too. Because the average person has sixty thousand thoughts a day, and forty thousand are negative. It's not because they're inherently negative people. It's because you and I are the genetic recipients of a line, a lineage that made it. Our 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 DNA didn't get eaten by the tiger, or didn't fall off a cliff, or didn't die in a in a in a starvation experience. So this genetics, what we have actually was there at the birth of the star, the first star, mm -hmm. you know, so we're just, uh, we're carrying on that lineage. And we had to, a hundred years ago, the average life expectancy was much, 
I think it was like 35 years old. I mean, I, I'd be a super old man, you know, if I was living back then. Uh, and I still feel like, you know, I tell people 60 is the new 30 now. So <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's the way it works. <laughs> I love it. So to for the audience who's listening, I'm, I'll have pictures online, but there's the meditation app, which correct me if I'm wrong, you <clears throat> can use without the headset. Is that right? Yeah, we've done several studies now that show it just takes a little bit longer to get the same result because sound, mm -hmm. there's something on every cell called a chromoform. This is a little battery. Think of it like, and so with light, we energize it much faster. So we're just like plants, except we convert light energy into glucose so the brain can use it or the cell can use it really because the mitochondria is bacteria that's absorbing that energy. But if you've ever been to a party where maybe you didn't want to go, but they started playing all your high school songs and your favorite music, pretty soon you start tapping your toes, swaying, you start dancing. That's because those cells, our cells, unlike most humans, when it fills with energy, it wants to share that energy with the cell next to it. They call it photobiomodulation, but it does the same thing with sound energy. Sound therapy has been researched way beyond light therapy because light therapy is relatively new. Huh. In, in 86, when we invented the first light and sound machine, the, there was no commercially available LEDs the year before that. And there was no programmable computer chip. So we couldn't do a lot of research on those things. I mean, they, they did research back as far as even the 1930s, but it was just in laboratories around the world, not, not in the general public. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we've got the app, which you can use without the headset. You don't need the headset. However, there's so much going on. And again, just to paint the picture for the listener, it's a headset. It goes over your ears. And then there's also a little kind of eye shield eye visor mm. that comes down with flashing lights in it and then there's flashing not flashing lights there's just lights in the ears there are flash they are flashing they're oh just they flashing. are flashing okay yeah they're changing to seven different frequencies instead of it being sound they're actually pulsing from 148 up to over 2000 you just don't see it with your eyes it's like okay. this it's like watching a movie with that black line across it and can you say more to that? I actually can feel some warmth from the light, which is very soothing. I feel like especially the proximity to the vagus nerve might be a factor there. But what else was the intention behind that? The lights in that, the ears. That's actually the reason why we want to okay. trigger the vagus nerve. We want to be, we, we don't call ourselves a vagus nerve stimulator because it's, that's not the primary reason, but any vibration or frequency will trigger that vagus nerve or the mm -hmm. wandering nerve as it's called. And that's going to hopefully upregulate the parasympathetic system. And you mentioned it. Most people are in survivor mode uh, just because of the high stress, especially over the last three years. So when we think about what it's doing, that light, all the blood in your body while we're sitting here, all the blood in our body is going through our ears. But the rest of the body takes 45 seconds. When it goes into the ear, because of all the cartilage and all the way it works, it takes about 45 minutes, uh, four to five uh, four to five minutes, I'm sorry, four to mm -hmm. five minutes. And so when light energy hits it, and we, we use 470 nanometer and 650 nanometer, and we've, that was the best mix we could find to imitate a sunrise and a sunset. Because uh -huh. the, the cells of our body respond differently at those times of the day. So we're trying to imitate that. And so we add the frequency in it. And what happens is the brain adds in the rest because the brain's really good at adding in. You know, if, you, if you've ever been to a family reunion, you know, you have that brother or sister that always adds into the story. The brain, is, <laughs> the brain is always adding into that story. So what we've done is when the hemoglobin is flowing through the ear, this happens even without brain tap. It happens when you walk outside or in, mm -hmm. under the lights of your home. Those cells are absorbing light energy. That's what red blood cells do. 
So the hemoglobin is going to absorb that light energy. It's going to circulate through the body. And if it's healthy light, it's going to find that the cell in your body is going to, when it's about to die, they call it apoptosis, that cell's about to die, it will exchange the energy in that, fo the photic energy in that red blood cell with that cell. If, it, if the exchange happens, then that cell actually comes back to life. It starts the Krebs cycle again, and the original blueprint of that cell gets reactivated. So there, there's oh actually a lot of evidence that shows that if we could give the body light energy, nutrients, keep it detoxed, then our cells could last forever. There's no reason our cells age. The reason they, they age is because oxidative stress and toxins, and we can't get them out of the cells. So We can't keep but, up with it. Yeah. But if you put enough energy in there, it's kind of like cleaning the streets of New York. If you have enough people, you can keep them pretty clean. But if you don't have enough people, they're going to build up, you know, sludge and slime around the corners. And then pretty soon it's going to take over. Mm -hmm. So this is why you and Dave Asprey are friends now, because he's all yeah. about that. Yes. <laughs> How long can we live? Right. <laughs> I listened to one of your interviews with him, which was fantastic. Okay. There's so much I want to dive into here. I think where I want to go first, though, is just... The question that I imagine would be on top of everyone's mind, you've pointed out so many differences. The technology in and of itself is unique compared to maybe just a meditation that we're doing online. But just so that it's super crystal clear, can we talk about what are some of the differences, maybe particularly in what people are experiencing, the shifts they're able to experience, the speed with which they experience shifts compared to, I don't know, like a YouTube meditation they're finding right. or something? Well, there is a lot of outliers out there, meaning that they can listen to a YouTube video. They get a great experience, mm -hmm. but I have never, and I mean, never, we've, we've, we've measured probably 30,000 brains in the last 10 years. And even in India, I've never seen anyone that could take what they've learned in meditation and translate it into actual activities because there's three different types of meditations we need to be a part of. Everybody thinks, oh, I do, and I do TM, I do all these other meditations as well, but I do them with brain tap because mm -hmm. the outcome is brain training. And brain, once you have energy in the brain, you have more consciousness. So if, you're, if your goal is to be more conscious, more aware as a human and, you know, be more of your spiritual self, letting it reveal itself here in the physical reality, then we need to bring more energy to the equation. Uh, use the example of a music meditation. We've done study after study, and this has been verified by colleges. So we, it's not just me talking. I mean, we have a right. lot of science that we do. We took music, and while people were listening, lo and behold, just like uh, what they call the Mozart effect, the brain synchronizes. You become better with 10-cycle relaxing music. But right when you turn it off, the brain goes right back to its stress state. Mm -hmm. Not even a change, not even a second. Wow. So we took that same piece of music, and we put my algorithm in the background. It took 72 hours for that brain to regulate back to its stress state. Wow. So three days because <laughs> the brain can learn. But when we, we don't learn the way we think we do. So with meditation, a lot what we find, and this is the scary part. I've only had, maybe I could count on one hand, the people who could meditate better than brain tap. Hmm. And these were gurus and everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can tell you, I, I've measured some gurus' brains and I'm like, Whatever you're doing, we need to change it because it's not good. Even though they're in meditation for hours, mm -hmm. just because you're in meditation for hours and you think you're very deep, it doesn't mean you're getting the brain, the neurological changes. And how we can measure that is through something called the neurocheck. So we, we know the energy in the brain. When you meditate, you should feel an abundance of energy coming in. 
And so most people actually stress out their brain. We can measure if you're in parasympathetic dominance or sympathetic dominance or neurohormonal, which means are you eating your way to being healthy, uh, which you need to eat healthy, but you can't regulate your nervous system with food. You have to regulate your nervous system with energy. So you can do that with breath work. So some of the best people we've ever measured were people doing breath work. You know, okay. that's why we have breath work on BrainTap's app too. You know, we're, we're, yeah, and I, I've done and a couple. We, yeah. Yeah. And we sponsor, we're actually helping an app called the breath masters because that's, if you're going to meditate, and and uh, with Varun, the guy in Bhopal, we're we're doing a lot of research together with him, and we just proved that uh, pranayama breathing, which is nasal breathing out of each nostril, mm. can balance the hemispheres of the brain, very similar to what BrainTap does. The only difference is you got to do the pranayama breathing three times a day, without question. With BrainTap, mm. you just have to do it three times a week, and so you, you can get the same results. So it's not that you can't do these things on your own; it's that right. I've never seen anyone. And I've seen all these people tell me, oh, I go to Theta, I do this Theta training, and I go, you know what, that's great. I have this EEG device over here, this Wavi. I can measure your amount of, I can measure through time domain, which means you do, we'll put it on you, you meditate, I'll tell you where your brainwave was. And the only time they went into Theta was when they were falling asleep, so, which we do every night, which doesn't mean it's meditation. Meditation mm -hmm. is staying in that. Now, what we show people, and we did this with the Muse, which is a very good device. I, I have two of them. I think they're great. But they don't really teach you how to meditate. No, Just I've by hearing that. that I, I haven't heard of that. The Muse is a little device. It's only $200, and it's a nice neurofeedback device. But I don't use their app because for mm -hmm. some bizarre reason, they decided to take Theta out of the equation. Mm -hmm. And I know why. Because... Probably one percent of the population can get to theta. Now everybody thinks oh, they're so getting there. That meditates. It. Yeah, they weren't <laughs> achieving it, so they took it out. They just basically we have alpha and we That's have funny. sleep. So if you get into if you happen to be, it doesn't count. It. So there's another app though, a third party app that you can use the Muse to measure across time, which is cool. You can see all the different brain waves, but in the, in the Wabi does that. I mean, I'm sorry, the Muse does that. What we did, we, we brought uh, Muse out to uh, Quantum University, which I, I do, I'm the Dean of Brain-Based Medicine there. So we teach people to use neurofeedback. And I believe in neurofeedback as a tool to show people that they're very powerful and they can move their brain. But I've never seen a neurofeedback study that shows results on their own after you're done doing it. The, it's just like the music, the brain stops uh -huh. learning. So what I should, we, have, we brought a girl up and she was, and they were doing a demonstration. And with Muse, you hear these birds when you get to Alpha. So you hear this chirp, chirp, chirp. And so you should hear them all the time if you're an Alpha. But she only got eight birds during this little demonstration, which is pretty crazy. She was pretty stressed out. So I said, hey, come on outside into the, it was Hawaii. So, you know, it's beautiful. So I, <laughs> we brought her out. I, I put her in the, the reclining chair and I had her do a brain tap session. And I said, this is Alpha. This is where they wanted you to go. When she went back in, she had 48 birds. The guy doing the demonstration said, wow, what happened between the time you did this and later? She says, well, Dr. Porter said all I had to do is go to Alpha. He said, until you experience it. You know, it's, it's kind of like I you know, tell people when you're younger, before you actually kiss whoever you're going on a date with, you, you fantasize about it, you think about it, but you really don't know until you actually get a kiss. And mm -hmm. so that's what Alpha is. And, and Theta too, once you go there and you've been there, you can go back there 
like I'm sure now when you do meditations without brain tap, you probably feel like you're going much deeper because now you know what the physiology is like when you're in those deeper states of meditation with awareness and, and energy because the brain will learn uh, how to do these things. But we, we took the place of a guru, let's say, because usually you'd go to a guru, they would teach you, you would learn for five or 10 years. And then, and, and I've, been, I've been through a lot of them. I've been through the self-realization course. I think it's wonderful. It's great. I studied with Yogi Bhajan for five years. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, they couldn't teach you the things that, now, the difference is, like in Kundalini Yoga, you're doing a lot of breath work and body movement. Then when you finally sit down to relax, you get when you get that Kundalini activation, you are getting those, you know, insights and things like that. So it's a pretty cool experience. But usually people don't keep doing that unless you keep going to the group, you know, and learning how to do that. Right. Yeah. And this is a point that you touched on at the very beginning that I wanted to make sure we came back to, which is that there can sometimes be, and how do I say this in a gentle way? Um, like we have to earn it Mm -hmm. kind of like what they were saying. You're cheating. I, Mm -hmm. I spent 10 years learning how to do this. What do you mean they could do that in one session? Oh, you know, almost like there's this underlying sentiment of, no, you didn't earn the right to be able to have a meditative state like this so easily. And thing, I think there's yeah. a lot that's flawed in that thinking. Yeah. yeah. Well, the reality is that we're spiritual beings having this physical experience. So we've already had those experiences. It's just we're not accessing them right now. When we were a child, for instance, and, and I, I always use the example of my science officer. He's, he's, a, he's a savant really with languages. I mean, he speaks so many languages. I took him with me to a trip to India, and we were going from university to university lecturing. It was a three-week tour. At the end of the three weeks, I hear him talking to somebody in Hindi. And I said, Francisco, when did you learn Hindi? He goes, well, we've been here for three weeks. Oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> people think we learn like through books. We don't. That's a very limited amount. I mean, when you look at people even like Edgar Casey, who would sleep on books and have photographic memories of them. I mean, we don't all have that. But there's we now know that through biophotaic exchange, which means the energy that we exchange with one another, there's energy there. And mm-hmm. we have this biophotaic system, this light system in the body. In fact, um, there's research now that they're doing a lot of studies with. When you hit with low level light therapy or lasers, l- water when it separates, it emits uh, red light, the red light therapy. So mm. we're 80% water. Right, yeah. So we're, and it emits light and sound. So when that light hits our body, it, it basically, that's what causes vasodilation, blood flow and circulation, nitric oxide mm. release, all the things they talk about with, with lasers and LED therapy. It's actually kind of a, almost a metaphysical concept, although science is now, proving that it's not metaphysical anymore. It's, it's actually just a, a subtle energy that even our National Institute of Health says we have a, uh, we have a biosphere now. We have this energy field around us. They, mm-hmm. they actually acknowledge it in science. So it's, mm-hmm. it's different. You know, when I was growing up, when we, if we said aura, you know, they would be uh, thinking you were a crazy person or yeah. something like that. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's really important because I see that often with clients and it shows up in a variety of ways. But this underlying sentiment of almost like limiting beliefs that life is hard, nothing, you know, nothing good can be easy. I have to earn everything. And when those are the beliefs running our subconscious, 
that's what's going to be true in our life. We're going to be, things are going to be so much harder. We're going to struggle a lot more. And that's through no fault of their own. I'm sure they picked up that messaging from somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I tell but, people we, we don't too many times in our life. We've been told what to think. Very few people have been trained how to think. When you listen to the brain tap sessions, I'm not telling people what to think. I'm asking a lot of questions. I'm letting, because education isn't pouring into somebody. Education is drawing out of someone. So we want to we wanna draw out of you, your greatness. You have a brilliance within you that we need to let shine. Once that happens, you know what to do. I mean, if you, if you had no stress and you lived on Gilligan's Island and the only thing you had to worry about was lemon meringue pies when you called them out or, you know, the radio talking back to you and all sorts of crazy things, that's not the kind of world we live in. We live in a world filled with stress and anxiety. So we have to, that's why I, I love this, the saying that's in the Bible says, be in the world, but not of it. You don't have to play a part of it. You can be, you can rise above it with capacity. Uh, you know, a lot of people say they pray to get rid of their stress. Well, that's the worst thing that can happen because you don't, if you don't have stress, you don't have growth. What you want to have is capacity. You know, what right. is your capacity to handle that stress? Because the more capacity you can handle, the better you feel, the, the more healthy you are, the more positive you are, the better relationships you have. And you'll be the people, you'll be the one that people seek out because so many people crumble under pressure. You want to have that, that sensibility about you and the capacity to think and be creative. Yeah. And there's a big difference. <laughs> between, I think we can use anything as emotional bypass. We can use spirituality. We can use manifestation. We can use prayer. We can use meditation as emotional bypass. That is giving us maybe momentary soothing, but it's not looking at and asking the question, what caused the turbulence in the first place? Right. And that's another important piece of the, I think the big picture, the long-term journey for all of us is, doing some of those meditations to soothe, but then also we've got to step into some of that solving on occasion. Right. Well, the brain is a goal striving organism. So it wants to solve problems, but the, most people are giving it their problems or they're focusing always on the problem. You know, like in, in my, my early career when I was doing counseling for pregnant teens and suicidal teens, I couldn't do that because Basically, we're just talking about the problem and it was just getting making it worse. It wasn't making it better. And, you know, I've never seen a study in psychology. Now there's a, they're using psychedelics and they're getting some pretty good breakthroughs. But in the when you just talk about a problem, you exacerbate it or you basically they call it revivification. You basically rewire it. You, you right. make it real again. <laughs> so we want to unwire those. We want to have neuro pruning uh, with a lesson. Like if you learn a lesson, you're, you know, the old saying, if you don't learn from the past, you're doomed to relive it. A lot of people are reliving it because they're talking about it. They're actually going through it and bringing up those hurts and those, you know, our brain wants to know, well, what did I, that's why if you read my first book, I have a chapter, I was blessed to be the son of an alcoholic, because how would it serve me to say, poor me, my dad was an alcoholic, I should be an alcoholic too. No, he was the alcoholic, I don't have to be. I can be free from that because I can think, act and respond differently because I have new resources. And so there's no reason, I mean, and genetically, you know, obviously my name's Patrick Kelly Porter. I've got a lot of Irish in me. So uh, I should be on a bar stool, you know, while we're doing this, you know, with a beer, yeah. with, a, with a Guinness in front of me or something, you know, so that, that's the, that's the prototype of the, the good Irishman. So, mm -hmm. But that doesn't yeah, have and, to be that way. And I'm sure you're familiar with this too, but also when we start talking about past experiences that were triggering, maybe even traumatic experiences that are unresolved within us 
our brain starts to shut down. When that amygdala gets activated and we go into those stress responses, we, we can't even think clearly and properly anymore. And so to the point you're making, it just like continues to loop and loop and loop. And this is one of the things I really love about Evox and just any kind of resource that brings in a different type of somatic mm -hmm. approach to soothing that stress response in the body. Because once we soothe, we can go back and all of a sudden, like what I find with clients is the epiphanies they're having in sessions that they were never able to have maybe in like a traditional talk therapy setting are so profound and, and come so quickly. Right. Yeah. Well, we call it brain, brain priming, you know, so you want to prime the brain for what you expect to happen. You know, there's, there's a saying by the Buddha, cease expecting and you have all things, but we're, you know, we're here in a world of manifestation. So we want to, you want to, you don't want to have expectation, but whatever shows up, you need to realize with gratitude that it's showing up for a reason. Mm -hmm. Once you do that, and you sometimes you have to reframe that because it shows up right. as an alcoholic father or, you know, abusive relationship. But I tell people, whatever you're going through right now, that's your dark night of the soul. And once you get through it, you're now you know your mission. Your mission is to teach other people that they can get through it too and they can survive and they can do it and then go to the next level because mm -hmm. it, it is like a game. You know, once you once you master the game you're playing right now, you'll be given a whole new set of cards. And, you know, like a lot of people say, all I need is money and then I'll solve. But I can tell you, I've worked with a lot of people that were very wealthy and they have worse problems than anyone else I've ever seen because they just amplify the problem. So right. you, you don't want the money until you master your mind. So you can handle that kind of thing. You know, the, the old, they've done research that showed people winning lotteries. Four years after they win, they have the same mental attitude in, in, as somebody who's a paraplegic. Wow. So it's far worse because what happened was they didn't know how to handle that money. They didn't know how to say no to their relatives and they blew it and they did all sorts of things. And most of them actually had to file bankruptcy within four years. Jeez, that's crazy. You're reminding me that a few years ago, as I was getting started in more of this deeper emotional work, looking at the subconscious, identifying my beliefs that are keeping me stuck. I had a moment where I was driving in the car and I was like, well, hang on then. Who, who am I? And it was like this voice in my head just said, anything you want to be. That's awesome. Yeah. Because as soon as we start to realize yes, there's subconscious programming, there's modeling, there's generational trauma, there's limiting beliefs I've picked up, but we can rewrite the story however we want. And I really do believe we have that capability within us, but sometimes we do need some external tools, some external guidance to help us achieve that. And I think BrainTap is an excellent example of getting some of that external resources. But it's such an exciting prospect. It's not, you know, I know people say all the time, people don't change. And I really, I like to say everyone can change. Not everyone will, but everyone can. Yeah, everyone changes. They just want to, I call them the dragons of the past. They keep dragging them on and on and on. And it's a very, it's a very tiring thing. You know, we call those people drainers instead of gainers. You know, they, they, they want to they support their old vision. They want to support their old problems. And they actually become addicted to that negative emotional payoff instead of realizing that life is flow. In the, the more flow you have in your life, the better you'll feel, the more energy you'll have, the better the relationships you'll have, especially with yourself. And then all other relationships will get better. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. So many trails we could go down there. Okay, where I want to pivot to though is there's a couple 
there's a couple other questions I have. I'm an athlete, played soccer most of my life. I've had multiple concussions. So I'd love to talk about if there's any crossover there, if there's any benefit there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Athletic, you know, how can, this might talk be about used. That. Yeah, we're, we're right now, uh, TB12, which a lot of people know who Tom Brady is. He's, he's a brain tapper. And uh, his group is actually going to be taking brain tap to the sports world. So we're, and we're just in the middle of, uh, I mean, they're buying them now and things like that, but they, and he's been using it because his chiropractor used it, you know, when he was in the, in the game, but recovery is so important. So we did a study that's now in a bigger study down in Florida, but the study we did in Gaylord, Michigan was with a chiropractor. And we took every student in the year 2020 that got a concussion. They could be cheerleaders. And by the way, cheerleaders have the most concussions. Then women's soccer is number two, oh my gosh. <clears throat> you know, so, and, and then, you know, everybody would think it would be football or something like that, but, mm -hmm. you know, but concussions happen in every sport. Cause think about, you have this bowl of jelly in a salad bowl that's running around, getting bounced around, <laughs> yeah. you know, when you're running and stopping, you know, so we know in, and also boxing, we have a lot of boxers using it. Uh, we have the world, uh, if you go on, on to Misha Tate's or even my Instagram, you'll see Misha Tate's give, giving me a, uh, at the, at the biohacking, I interviewed her, then she did this lockout on me and basically crushed my windpipe. I'm, I have a lot more respect for these women fighters after that, <laughs> the, the, but like, uh, Martin Hamlin is the, the lead, he's the, uh, right now he's going for the professional uh, fight club, which is on ESPN. He just won in Atlanta. He's now going to San Antonio for the championship. Corey Anderson, who was on um, uh, the big podcaster down in Texas there, he, uh, he was on his show. He's one of our guys. They, they're all sponsored by BrainTap because we help them with micro concussions. So when you're boxing okay. every day, you're getting a concussion. Jake Pates, who was a snow Olympic snowboarder, we help him. Uh, we helped him not have any concussions to work through that. We have uh, <clears throat> uh, Kaylee Humphreys, who's a Olympic uh, bobsledder. She was actually from Canada, then she came down. And now she's in, she's she's riding for America. She's actually doing it. So we have a lot of different Olympians that we have. Uh, Troy McCain, who was a, a three-time Olympian, they're all using it because what we showed in that study was every kid that had a concussion went through the protocol. They all got care. You know, nobody didn't get treated. Right. But, right. but only 50% of them got brain tap at the end. Mm -hmm. So, because you have to have some kind of test, right? So then we went back a year after. <clears throat> so when people say, what happens after you stop using brain tap? We're starting to do a lot of studies. And what we show is the brain continues to evolve and improve. In this mm -hmm. case, Every person in the study that did brain tap was between 30 and 70% across the board neurologically better than the group that didn't use brain tap. Because what wow. we're going to do, the biggest thing that happens with a concussion is you have a hematoma or think of it like a bruise on your thigh. You know, you can see that and you ice it until the bruise goes away, right? Or at least that's what I used to do as a running back. So I had a lot of those after, you know, the next day after, after a football game. And so you're icing it, you're getting rid of that bruise. Well, in the brain, we, we have them, but we never get rid of them. The wow. only time our brain detoxes is, is through level four sleep. So mm -hmm. they call it the glialymphomic system. So when we, when we taught them to sleep well right away, right as soon as the, the sooner you can get them doing it, then the long-term benefits accelerate. Now, we can help anyone at any age who's had a traumatic brain injury, but 
that's the ones that work best. And we've actually seen a reduction in that hematoma, which is like 30% in six weeks using spec scans technology. So low-level light therapy does a really good job at open up this glialymphomic system and getting the body to detox. But the reality is that we've got to calm down. We have to have recovery. So many people think that recovery is just not doing anything. Well, if you're right. never you're you're never not doing something. So some therapies are really good, but you need to have a recovery from your recovery. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, I love PEMF, which is pulse electronic magnetic frequencies. They're really good, but right afterwards, your body looks like you just did a workout. You know, if you've ever mm-hmm. done HRV after a workout, you know, you go, hey, what happened to my HRV? Well, you just retrained your nervous system. Now it'll yeah. re-regulate, hopefully give you a higher HRV score or positive uh, later. Well, with, with concussions, that's really important. And the other thing is that as you get hit, you know, when Mike Tyson said everybody has a plan to they get hit, you know, mm-hmm. everybody's getting hit out there. And that stressor will start shutting down the left hemisphere. When we did our dementia study, for instance, uh, with, with, uh, it's in a book called Saving Your Brain with Dr. Kelly Miller. And he has a chapter called Brain Tap to the Rescue because every, oh, wow. person, every person in the study was taken off the dementia scale in six weeks. Oh, my God. So when you, and we were able to measure across the brain uh, using things like the Wavi or the New Mind. These are EEG devices. We can measure energy in the brain. Energy in the brain equals neuroplasticity. So we had a 39% increase in energy in the brain of the pe- brains of the people using it. After the research was done in six weeks, we went back 12 weeks later. Now they were at 42% improvement. So they'll oh keep improving. So I always tell people, you know, when you think about ancient traditions, and I don't know of any ancient culture that says, you know what, we keep all the wisdom with those youngsters over there. Go talk to them. They always mm-hmm. say they keep it with they keep the wisdom with the elders, right? Mm-hmm. So that means that we're doing something with our lifestyle that's really harming our brain. And yeah. the biggest thing is we're not taking time to truly do brain fitness. And that's where that's where brain tap comes in. So you can think about it as meditation, but it's really you're just training your brain to stay physically, mentally, and emotionally fit, to move between those different brain states that we need. You know, in the morning, we need to be more ready to go, take action. In the afternoon, we need to reboot. And, and then at night before sleep, we need to downregulate. You know, so there's different meditations for each of those time periods. And too many people think one size meditation fits all. And that's mm-hmm. not true at all. So there's the implications with athletics for brain injuries, helping the brain recover quicker. But I know that I've seen some of your stories too. There's also athletes using this just for, to get their mentality right, to be mentally strong and focused. What is the actual application of that? Are they doing like this, the same, you know, athletic performance meditation on a regular basis? Yeah, we have a whole series for that. We have different series for different sports, but like Corey Anderson, the guy I was talking to with, with Bellastar, he was on ESPN and he knocked his guy out in 42 seconds. And they said, hey, that was pretty cool. How did you know you're going to happen? He says, well, I was in my locker room listening to my brain tap, uh, listening to step into the spotlight of my life. And I saw myself knock him out in 42 seconds. And here it is. Yeah. So again, it's, it's brain priming. You're priming your brain for what you expect. Martin Hamlet, you know, when, when he just, we just went and saw him in Atlanta, he, he's, he's, when he's before the fight, he'll put it on and he'll do his pre-fight routine. But after the fight, there's another session that has you review what you did. You know, a lot of, a lot of the high performers will look at videos and things like that. And basically you role play it. The sooner you can do that, 
the sooner your hippocampus can store, organize, and put those events into the proper perspective for future use. If you wait a while, then it's just like anything else, like names. A lot of people say, well, I have a hard time remembering names. Well, that's because you didn't use it right away. And you didn't use it in the, in the multi-sensory way. Some people just do that naturally, and they have really good memories for names. Mm -hmm. so. Okay, follow-up question still. <laughs> mm -hmm. They, so for example, especially with high performing athletes, cause this is a segment being an athlete myself, I really want to also start working with them. But when they're using brain tap, is this something where it's like with their pregame pre-performance routine, they do the same meditation before and the same one after, or is it kind of like just do a brain tap meditation before? No, they're different. They're different sessions that specifically, okay. for instance, you, when I tell people, you're being told what to think, but not how to think. Before the game, you're going to think of infinite possibilities and how you're going to respond because it's all about adaptability. You don't know what's going to happen during the uh -huh. actual event. But when you do your, your post-game review, you know what you did. Now what you're going to do is you're going to play things out differently because let's say you did something, mm -hmm. you know, maybe you picked the wrong club as a golfer or, you know, we, we have uh, – the four-time national champions women's golf team uses BrainTap uh, down in Seminole College. And they, they said not only did they win the golf, they had a 90% improvement of their alpha score, which oh is focus gosh. and concentration. And they also, have wow. the top, they, they also have the top GPA in the school. We also helped the women's hockey team up at Northwestern in Boston. They made it to the Frozen Four, and they made it to the finals, but they lost in overtime. This year, I gave them all headsets, so we'll see what happens yeah, So, yeah. <laughs> because I, I, they didn't quite make it. But the, the whole thing is about brain priming is some people aren't open to the possibility. You know, like they might think yeah. this person's bigger, faster, stronger, but the reality is that you just want to show up as your best self. If, if you put it all on the line, you did your best, then that's all you can do. I mean, you, you're going to meet someday, you know, just like – Tom Brady had to retire because, you know, the, he, he probably could have played at a lesser skill level, but he always wanted to play at the top level, right? Mm -hmm. So when that went away, he said, oh, you know, I'm going to go do something else. For him, it was at 44. And a lot of people don't know that his clothing, he has what they call recovery wear. Uh -huh. That recovery wear was designed by my science officer. It oh, has, my gosh. It, it has ceramics in it. And because every person that you meet, you and I, if we were staying in the same room, we'd be sharing photaic light energy. Mm -hmm. And what Tom doesn't tell people this because he just says, hey, I'm Tom Brady. I'm 44 years old. I'm greatest quarterback of all times. Wear my clothes. But what, what it's really doing is it's feeding back your own infrared light because infrared light is so powerful. Mm -hmm. But we're all infrared light generators. So we also say when you're recovering, use all of the other. We need to build those resources. So not only are you listening to the brain tap and doing that, but you can be using infrared light. You can be wearing the recovery clothing. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things you can do because the sooner you can heal from the, the whatever, the game, the battle, whatever you want to yeah. call it, then now your brain adapts. It will adapt and then it'll figure out. And if you spend time saying, you know what, this is the way, if you're a goalie, let's say, and you, you, you got juked or whatever, so you went right and the ball went left and they scored. The next time you can look at the, the movement of their hips and you realize, hey, they're going to make a shot over here and you're in the right place. But in your mind, there's no limits. So you just want to keep programming it in uh, because the brain can do those things. But it, it's only going to do what you've always done unless you interrupt the pattern. Mm -hmm. So we can go back in time 
in our minds anyway. We can go back in time and replay it out. And I learned this actually a long time ago in the 70s when Lee Trevino, a golfer, said he was working with a sports psychologist and they, he had improved his game tremendously and he was being interviewed. And they said, what'd you do differently? He says, well, I was told that if I hit a bad shot before I leave that position, I should see the shot going perfectly three times. Oh, and, my wow. bra- and my brain will throw out the one that was not the same. So it'll throw out the mm-hmm. negative shot. Then the next time I address, so that's part of our golf program. We, we use that. It's one of the, there's a lot of different visualizations, but you should do that with everything in your life, whether you're giving mm-hmm. a public speech or meeting somebody first time, if you say something or do something that was embarrassing or not the right things, go back and replay it in your mind. So the next time you get in that situation, your brain says, hey, wait a minute, Leo, this is the way that you want to do it, not this way. You Mm -hmm. know, so it it will do it differently that way. Okay. Okay. I know we're running out of time. So at least two more questions. So one question I have is if BrainTap is helping the brain be more neuroplastic, could I potentially, like I love languages as well. I speak Spanish. My husband is Persian, so I'm learning Farsi. Could I potentially use one of your brain tap meditations that is just the sound, there's no words, while I'm like going through a Farsi oh, book? Exactly. You want to listen to the Gamma series. Gamma is okay. the bass drum of the of the brain. And we have we have over 40 of those. So when you okay. go in there and, and you can just pick a different one each time or play them all in order, you know, uh-huh. when when you're as you're doing it. And I had a guy that uh, in Nashville that he tested really poorly. And I said, man, you got to do something. And he's the one who started listening to Gamma while he was doing his emails and things. And Uh I I scanned him about six months later and I said, wow, what are you doing? He says, well, now I listen to the brain training while I'm doing work. Now we've always done it with alpha and things like that, but the Gamma seems to increase the brainwaves of every brainwave because it's, think of it like the bass drum, you know, every, every other brainwave follows suit with that. And especially when you're in uh, like languages, you want to be in those hypernesia states, which is gamma, mm-hmm. alpha, and theta. So mm-hmm. any one of those three would help you to learn it. So there's, yeah, there's a lot of applications for that. Any kind of learning, not just language learning right. to be able to do that. But then also at work, maybe when you're in high stress situations. And just to kind of reiterate for the audience too, you don't have to have like the whole big brain, set, you know, brain tap headset right. on, like in the middle of work, you could be using your normal headphones. Right. That's what he did. Background. He just used his headphones when he was working on his email. He didn't have our visor on. Yeah, know. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Looking underneath it. Yeah. Okay. Two more questions. One is, so I oftentimes am working with clients who have experienced severe trauma in their life. Have you done, are you considering doing any studies on how trauma impacts the brain and how brain tap can support that? Oh, yeah, we, we have sessions for that, actually. Uh, our grief series was actually done when I worked with a group of uh, women from Israel that unfortunately saw their families blow up in a bus. Oh. And so uh, and that's when I learned that the Jewish people have uh, eight-stage grieving process. Mm-hmm. So I, it's not the same exact one, but I thought that what they did was very appropriate. So I created a series based on that, uh, but not the Jewish version, but it's the just for the general public. And because... In all of these traumas, you have to work on grief, grieving, mm-hmm. because uh, and then what, as you're working, we also have the PTSD programs. We also have a whole series called uh, Adult Survivors of Child Abuse. Mm-hmm. So uh, and we've seen some tremendous things happen because if you don't deal with those memories, uh, you know, there's this, there's a really good book that said emotions, uh, uh, emotions 
uh, Never Die or something like that is the name of the book because they're they're in there festering. Emotions buried alive, never yeah, die. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's yeah. the good book. Yeah, that's a great book. And uh, so what you want to do is instead of revivifying them, you we we teach you how to store them differently and learn from the experience. You can't make it even. You you can't get even or you you know. Right. And the whole thing is about forgiveness and gratitude for where you're at now. And again, it's back to that. This is the dark night of the soul. I mean, you went through it. And what what I've learned, and I thought my childhood was bad until I started doing therapy. And mm-hmm. then I'm like, oh, my God, my child. And even though it was bad, it was like on a magnitude of zero to 10. Mine was like a two compared mm-hmm. to some of the people that I saw were 12s, you know, off the scale. I mean, I can't believe some of the abuse that's out there. And they've been, they would carry it around for 20, 30 years and wonder why no relationship would work or they couldn't hold a job or they were an addict. But as soon as they resolved it and realized that, you know, this isn't you, you are not a behavior. You're not, you're, you're the one processing it and moving through time, but these are all experiences. And if we keep dragging the past with us into the future, we don't have any time to express the present. So we want to get people to express the present with, with all of its beauty. And, you know, sometimes it's not so beautiful, but you need to understand that you can make it because it's all about perception. Perception yep. is reality. So, mm-hmm. in, and if you, if you're carrying around the thought that you're going to get even with that person or you're angry, or there's going to be some kind of vindication, I tell people, and this is in context, it sounds a little better than what I'm going to say here, but your past is these past memories are like leftovers and you put them in the refrigerator and you left them there so long that when you went to pull them out, they're green and fuzzy. You Mm -hmm. don't have to take them to CSI. You don't have to know who put them in there, who you were with, what the conversation was. You Mm -hmm. just have to throw them out, but you have to replace it with something because if, if not, you have to replace it with the ability to say, you know, your self-esteem's improving, your self-confidence. That's why I'm saying it's it's just, it's your origin story. If you yeah. can make it part of your origin story, you know, Superman had to go through it, Batman, all the superheroes had to go through their, you know, and this is their kryptonite. If we can get them, you know, what do they do? Superman gets iron boxes to put the kryptonite in so he doesn't get affected by it. You have to figure out what you're going to do to isolate those experiences so they don't, you know, act out as kryptonite on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we're I think we're so aligned in the goal there I, with clients. For me, it's we're not reliving experiences, but we're definitely trying to figure out in the, at the time of the experience what was the belief that got ingrained in me. If the belief was I'm trapped, I have no autonomy, people are dangerous. That is what is fueling our now present day behavior. And if we can, to your point, if we can get in there, identify that, release that, replace that with a much more expansive belief, like. Maybe not all people are safe, but I can learn to know the difference. Right. Things like that. Yeah, they're open to love. They're open to expression. And it's it's smart to be a little leery, you know. Yeah. Unfortunately, not everybody's out there for your best good. Right. You know, but I tell people I've been accused of being too positive. My moniker is Dr. Positive. So um, <laughs> I had one person say, Porter, you're too damn positive. And I said, you know what? I'd rather be disappointed every once in a while than wake up every morning disappointed. Mm-hmm. And that's what's happening to these people that have these traumatic experiences. Unfortunately, their brain priming in the opposite way that I'm talking right. about. They're priming their brain to see the worst in everything. And then when it happens, they go, see, I told you. Right. Well, the good is there too. You know, the... You know, and I mean, even if we looked at what happened in 2020, that's terrible. A lot of people are dying and things like that. 
But the reality is that people had to wake up and take care of their health now. They real, more people are now taking care of their health than ever before because they realize the government isn't going to do it. In fact, the government doesn't even know what they're doing. They're being manipulated by big pharma. The reality is that we've got to look at ourselves and figure out, every person has to figure out what's going to work for them. Mm -hmm. And of course, if you get in difficult situation and you need medical help, you go get it. But you don't just run to the doctor anymore. More people are running to uh, nutrition let's say, in physical fitness than ever before, which is two of the greatest doctors we have. You know, so if, yeah. if they start using them first, that'd be great. Yeah. Okay, last question. And this is more from a selfish perspective. I, as I said, I do the Evox therapy and I really do believe it's affecting our physiology in two ways. I think it's very regulating for the nervous system. And I do think it's helping us break those old neural pathways. Now that's anecdotal. I can't prove that, but I have been wondering if it, you know, if there was some way, if there was some type of measurement device that when clients are in the office, I can take a measurement before and then at the end of the session. And you've mentioned a couple different things. We, we have one that I created called the NeuroCheck. Uh, okay. where, are you where are you located at? I'm in Dana Point. Uh, well, you should come California. and see me when I'm in California. I'll be there. Uh, yeah. Get a hold of me and I'll show you the equipment. We're going to be doing something in Malibu uh, okay. this month like later in the month. So I'll get you the date. Yeah, in July. You can come try it out and then if you like it, you can use it. I mean, the NeuroCheck is being used by thousands of clinics right now that are using BrainTap because it's an invisible thing that we need to create visibility. If it's affecting yeah. their physiology, we can test it. And it'd be interesting to see the EVOC to do that. Uh, yes. And I well, could yeah. I could also even, um, I have a couple of people there, uh, an athlete who was actually in the Premier League uh, Dan oh Metcalf, gosh. who lives in uh, L.A., we're doing some work with. Uh, he has one. I should put you two together and you can meet up and he can do some testing with you. Yes, and, that um, would be fascinating. Well, Dr. Porter, thank you so much. This has was fascinating. I could ask you a million more questions, but thank you so, so, so much for your time. Well, it's great to be here. We're on a mission to better a billion brains and you're helping us get that following. So thank you. <laughs>